how golfers can eat their greens. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Efforts to slow the climate crisis have focused on reducing carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, but a new study shows that won't be enough. We also need to cut methane and other overlooked pollutants. If we do, research from the Institute for Governance and Sustainable Development shows we can reduce the rate of global warming in half by 2050 and avoid the risk of irreversible impacts like increasing heat waves, droughts, superstorms, and wildfires. In addition to methane, the other pollutants that must be cut are nitrous oxide that is emitted by burning fossil fuels, black carbon soot from burning coal, hydrofluorocarbons used for cooling, and low-level ozone. Methane emissions have been soaring in recent years because of leaks from oil and gas operations and intensive livestock rearing. But cutting methane offers a fast way to reduce atmospheric heating while longer-term efforts on carbon are implemented. Lead scientist Dr. Gabrielle Dreyfus said that their study is an optimistic message because we have low or no-cost strategies available that can slow global warming in the critical near term. Recently, a library in a New Hampshire town was planning a fundraising plant sale, but had to cancel because of an invasive species, the Asian jumping worm. The worms, which are native to Japan and the Korean Peninsula, may have made their way to North America through landscape plants and were detected in Wisconsin in 2013. They've spread fast across the East Coast and have now been spotted in California, where state officials say the worms pose a huge threat, not only to forests, but also to residential gardens. The jumping worms can grow up to eight inches long and can leap a foot in the air. They destroy forests because of the speed at which they devour fallen leaves, which creates soil and habitat for small animals and birds. When caught, they thrash around and behave like threatened snakes and can shed their tails. To control the spread of the worms, the Cornell Cooperative Extension recommends, among other treatments, pouring a mixture of water and dry yellow mustard on the soil. That forces the worms to the surface where they can be placed in a bag and thrown away. Earlier this month, the UN held a summit on combating desertification the process in which fertile land becomes desert because of drought, overgrazing, and climate change. The problem is severe in Africa, where up to 45% of the land is impacted, worse than any other continent. Topping the summit's agenda was the Great Green Wall, an ambitious project that would plant billions of trees across the Sahel region, from Senegal on the Atlantic coast to Ethiopia in the east, to stop the Sahara Desert from spreading southward. Started in 2005, the hope was that the program would create millions of green jobs and sequester vast amounts of carbon from the atmosphere. But, as the Associated Press reports, the Great Green Wall has hit a wall. Just under 10 million acres have been reforested, about 4% of the total goal, due to financial problems, the pandemic, and rising threats from terrorist groups like Al-Qaeda and the Islamic State. Also, climate change, which the program was meant to combat is winning. Temperatures are rising one and a half times faster in the Sahel than the global average, 
and declining rainfall makes restoring vegetation a challenge. But while supporters are discouraged, the conference did result in new financial commitments and ideas. One initiative is to create markets for unique food and medicinal products grown in the region, not only to save its biodiversity and reinvigorate the project, but also to help local communities thrive. And finally, golf courses are criticized for being water hogs and using lots of chemicals to keep grass green. While they do offer open space, it's often used just by a few people at a time. The industry is trying to make the sport more sustainable, with some clubs irrigating with recycled water or using electric mowers. But for owners of a club opening in the UK, a truly green course should be edible. The Jilla Flower Golf Club in southwest England will open on June 3rd and the links will be surrounded by orchards with nut and fruit trees as well as plots of vegetables. The first hole in the course is a kitchen garden growing rare varieties of bean, asparagus, shallot, and rhubarb. Apple trees along fairways will be used to make cider and cherries for a liqueur. In the future, players will be able to tee off near an area growing tea leaves. The owners say hedges and rough areas will be wildlife habitats and pigs are being raised on site to keep the undergrowth in check. The course director told The Guardian that golfers might be frustrated by losing a ball in the brush, but the owners hope players will like adding a dash of risk to their game. And the course might start a trend that sees golf as a way to eat your greens. That's it for this week in water. Support comes from GC Green, a veteran, woman, and Native American-owned clean energy and resiliency solutions company. Learn more at gcgreen.com.